You're listening to The Garrett Ashley Mullet Show on Anchor FM. I'm Garrett Ashley Mullet, and I want to talk about everything. I can't emphasize this enough. There are not enough people. Um, and I think one of the biggest risks to civilization is the low birth rate uh, uh, and the rapidly declining birth rate. Uh, it is, it is, and yet so many people, including smart people, think that there are too many people in the world and think that the population is growing out of control. It's completely the opposite. Please look at the numbers. Uh, if people don't have more children, civilization is going to crumble. Mark my words. Mark his words. We don't have enough people. It's not that we have too many people. It's that we don't have enough people. Welcome back to the Geared Ashley Mullet Show. This is Geared Ashley Mullet coming to you from Greeley, Colorado for episode 293. Today is January 5th, 2022. And that, my friends, is Elon Musk, billionaire, inventor, technologist, futurist, founder of Tesla and SpaceX and The Boring Company and inventor of PayPal. Very wealthy, very influential guy. Very smart guy. By the way, we had a conversation yesterday at work, me and some of my new coworkers, my new compatriots, in which the topic came up of how many children does Garrett have? You'll never believe how many children Garrett has. Oh, how many? Uh, we're expecting our eighth any day now. Wow. Why? Huh. Okay. Well, uh, we like children. How about that? How's that for an answer? We like children. If you can ask a stupid question, I can give you a stupid answer. We like children. Uh, don't you like children? Maybe that's how I need to answer that question from now on. We like children, don't you? See what they say. But there was another conversation with someone else I work with. And I don't fault these folks. This is just mainstream culture. This is where everybody's at right now. There's a bit of follow the pack in the way that we think about having children. And also the way we approach life. It really does make a difference as to whether having more children seems like a good idea, whether that is a net benefit or we see it as overwhelming. But I asked one of these new coworkers of mine when they commented on how many children I have and are expecting our eighth. Do you know how many children Elon Musk has? Just out of curiosity. And that drew blank stares like, uh, no. He has seven, right? Elon Musk has seven children. So I, I can't be too crazy, maybe. I mean, I could, but not for that reason. Uh, Elon Musk has seven children. He's doing okay. He's not stupid. He knows where babies come from. In fact, if you ask him, like this video from Live Action Org on Instagram, if you ask him, he'll say, no, the earth's not overpopulating. If anything, look at the math, look at the numbers. 
We are headed for a crisis. We are headed for civilization crumbling because so many people are choosing to not have children. This is a really serious problem. And to understand why that is, you have to be thinking in decades. You can't be just thinking in months or years. You've got to be thinking in decades. And few to none of us are thinking in decades, particularly those of us who are old enough to have children. Those of us in the prime of life who are of childbearing, child-rearing years are thinking about COVID and about job prospects and about living our best life now and about the metaverse and all that. And all that's good to think about. But also, what about 20 years from now? What about 30 years from now? What about 40 years from now? What about when I'm old enough to want to retire? If I have no children and Social Security is completely defunct and we don't have good enough robots by that point to do all the caretaking that needs doing, what do I do? Well, in my case, I have not elected to have no children. By God's grace, we put that fact, that feature, that part of our lives in his hands. And it may just be that in 20, 30, 40 years, we come to realize that God was thinking not just in decades and not just with regards to us, but God was thinking long-term when he blessed us with these children and that we ourselves benefit. It isn't just a benefit in the ether, in the abstract. It is a benefit to us directly. Is that okay to say? Well, let me turn that around. Is it okay for you to say, I'm not going to have children because it would benefit me to not have children right now. I can live my best life right now. If it's okay to say, I'm not going to have children because quite frankly, I'm selfish, then I think it's okay for there to be some self-interest in the choice to have children as well. I think it's okay to say, you know what? I love being able to say, I have seven sons and a daughter. Or I, I love the fact that in 20 years, I will probably be able to say, oh yeah, all of my sons are married and they have families of their own. My daughter is married. She's got a family of her own. I've got dozens and dozens of grandchildren, which is likely, it's likely that I'll have dozens of children, even if all of my kids only have two kids each. I'm still probably going to have quite a few grandchildren. And that sounds great to me. That actually sounds pretty great. But more than just bragging rights or we want to dare to be different and just do things that other people aren't doing just on principle there are good sound scientific reasons to reject climate hysteria apocalypse never is a book i would recommend on this subject if you have been fed your whole life this climate hysteria from the education system from our media from celebrities from fake science, from fake scientists, from a fake scientific consensus, which shuts out all cross-examination and critical thinking if it would threaten their grant money, their funding, their agendas. If you really look at the good science on this and read books like Michael Schellenberger's 
apocalypse never, why environmental alarmism hurts us all, you'll see that this climate change hysteria has caused a lot of young people to give up on there being any future for them. Them giving up on there being a future for them means also that they don't want to bring children into the world because they have this faulty notion that the earth is overpopulated. We're going to destroy the planet by having too many children. Well, I'm here to tell you, newsflash, I've read the end of the story. The end of this planet, our race in this heavens and earth, does not come until God says, that's a wrap. For that matter, however much we would endeavor to save the planet, we will not prolong it a minute beyond when God says, that's it, calling it. The earth is not going to come to an end until God says it's time. And also, it will not endure unless God says, I will continue to sustain it. As such, we do well to study history. There have been other times throughout history where people have thought, this is the end. A thousand years ago, around the turn of the millennium, around 1000 AD, there were some strange weather happenings and diseases, pandemics. COVID is not the first pandemic. In fact, it is the mildest. Even if you go back 100 years, Spanish flu was way deadlier. But now we think in catastrophic terms, in part because we have a media that has fed us fear porn for decades. And for those of us who are younger, for our entire lives, they keep us afraid because it's easier to sell us their product, their solution, their candidacy on the basis of us being terrified. Please, please just save me from this so I can go back to enjoying my life. Please, please, please. And the Piper has to be paid at a certain point for the choice to not have children. Plain and simple. The choice to not have children is a trade-off. It is not all benefit. It is cost. And that cost is deferred, but it will come due nevertheless. So you have Elon Musk here. As futuristic and scientific and brilliant as he is, his big concern is not climate change. I mean, he's not unconcerned entirely about climate change, but he is not concerned about overpopulating planet Earth, people producing too much, people consuming too much. He's concerned at this point, looking at the trends, which I've looked at too, looking at demographic collapse and implosion. Now, part of the issue here is you have people trying to retire, leave the workforce, they're tired, they don't want to work anymore, but they don't have a retirement, they don't have money saved away, and they're going to try and live off of basically the welfare state. They're going to live off of Social Security. Whatever Social Security has for them, that's their allowance. And if Social Security doesn't keep up with inflation and a rising cost of goods, well, then their standard of living is less and less and less and less and less. And they get pinched out. Now, if you were my grandparents' mullet and you had nine children decades ago, 
And all those children have now grown up and they've got families of their own. They've got businesses of their own. Some of them have done very, very well. You're playing the odds. Which would you rather? Would you rather roll one dice or nine dice? Well, they rolled nine dice. And some of those dice came up with children who were very successful in business, who were able to come through when what was in savings wasn't going to quite cover. If you have one or two children and it just doesn't work out for whatever reason for them to be of means and wealthy by the time you're ready to be retired, well, then the story might be very different. It might be, well, hey, like we're spread thin and either A, Selfish people are going to say, you're on your own. Your problem, not mine. People of principle are going to say, come stay with us. Come live with us. We'll just make it work. I'll take on a second job. I'll do whatever. But what about the folks who had no children? What happens to them? What do they do? And more than that, you know, the the thought is always circulating around the welfare state. We don't have enough of a tax base to support social security. Well, that's that ship sailed, right? As with so many things of a financial nature in our country, just because we've got old people making decisions in many cases in Congress, in the White House, that doesn't mean that we've got wisdom there. Age is not a one-to-one ratio with wisdom here. But the tax base piece is a side issue in my mind. Because in that view, everybody else having children can make up for you not having children. What about if it doesn't really matter because of the way that Social Security and other programs have been dipped into to pay for pet projects and essentially crony capitalism, the spoils system. You guys vote for me and then I come through and I very generous with other people's money to try and reward you and keep you coming back again and again, reelecting me. What happens when you take the welfare state tax base and all that out of the equation? Let's just talk about people, your support system, your individual support system, not getting a check in the mail from the government. What you got? Well, the simple fact is folks who've had no children are going to be calling in favors with their friends. Now, what happens when all of their friends are the same age they are, and there isn't much of a younger generation because that younger generation wasn't born. They were all aborted and plan B'd, or they received this woke, crazy CRT education, or whatever the next installment of that crazy, woke, progressive education is. And they don't think they need to help you out. In fact, they're pretty sure you need to just hurry up and decrease the surplus population. We're still overpopulated. You need to go. Do us all a favor. Yeah, I was watching Jungle Cruise, Disney's Jungle Cruise, which I cannot recommend. I really did not enjoy it. I thought it was not so great. I was hoping it would be cool and like an Indiana Jones tile flick, that kind of a, like a national treasure, treasure hunting, 
history and archaeology adventure thing. And it was, but also uh, definitely pushing the whole love is love, LGBTQ+. Plus, we've got to have a gay character in here who has a heart-to-heart with Dwayne Johnson about how he's attracted to not women. All of the women who wanted to marry him, he's just not that way. He's, his interests lie in another direction, he says. And it's... Blech. Uh And spoiler alert, it turns out that Dwayne Johnson is a conquistador who has been trapped in the jungle. He has been suffering from a curse that was pronounced by this Indian chieftain hundreds of years ago. And he's been trapped in that jungle, fighting and dying and killing and staying alive, essentially, over and over and over again, his conquistador uh, compatriots for hundreds of years. He's been battling them. And this curse won't allow him to die. And again, spoiler alert, Emily Blunt's character and Dwayne Johnson's character and the gay guy, they lift the curse. I can say the gay guy because that's, I mean, that these movie making studios, that's what they're thinking when they're in the planning session. They're not putting it in, in those crass terms, but hey, we've got to have a token homosexual. We've got to have a token transgender person will be what comes next. We want to have these token representatives so that we're diverse, equitable, inclusive. But Dwayne Johnson, Emily Blunt, and the gay guy end up lifting this curse. And so now it's possible to kill the bad conquistadors who are just about raping and pillaging and murdering and just indiscriminate violence. They just ah, they just love killing just all the time, all day, every day, because that's what it was. Yeah, down with imperialism. Dwayne Johnson's character, though, says, everything you've experienced, I've experienced thousands of times, and I'm ready to go. It's my time. Now that I can pass on, essentially, I'm paraphrasing. Now that I can pass on, I'm ready. I'm ready to just be gone, leave this world behind, and I'm ready to go. And with that, he's 500 years old, thereabouts. I'm watching this, and I'm thinking, this is how you get it. This this is where you get that whole assisted suicide thing implanted in young people's minds. We're going to do the token gay guy to promote LGBTQ plus love is love nonsense. And also, we're going to have Dwayne Johnson's character just wanting to die. And we're going to make that into this thing that it's like, oh, well, that's legitimate, right? Like, that's okay. If you want to die, we give you permission to go, right? Like, you can go. This is a godless mindset, and it's par for the course. So, of course, you can't be surprised. But on the other hand, you got to think forward to what are the implications of this down the road. Apart from God, marriage can be anything you want it to be. Anything can be anything, but marriage can be anything you want it to be. Apart from God, perhaps children are just a huge drain on 
your self-actualization and your reaching your goals in your career. Perhaps when you get to a certain age, maybe you don't have anything to live for anymore. You're just dried up and of course it's all about you, right? Because it was all about you every step of the way. When you made the decision to not have children when you were younger, it was all about you. And now that you're older, it's still all about you. And because you don't have anything else to amuse yourself with, you've decided, well, I'm done, right? Like I'm out. But what if that's not correct? What if there is a God to whom we belong? To where when you're making a decision whether you want to live or not live, you're actually talking about what you're going to do as a steward of a blessing and a gift that belongs to God. God entrusted it to you, but it still belongs to God. All things are from him and for him and through him and to him. That includes your life. You are not your own. You were bought with a price. Therefore, honor God with your bodies. So we come to Dwayne Johnson in Jungle Cruise, and I'm watching this, and I'm thinking, that's what happens in 30, 40 years when people who have had no children find out that the safety net that was supposed to be there in the form of Social Security is empty, gone. Giant holes. It's not saving anybody. It's not a net. It's just a tattered eyesore. Painful reminder of lofty promises that got the guy elected and reelected and got the party elected and reelected. But that was the big idea. When the bill comes due, you're going to have a lot of folks just deciding all right, I'm ready to go. I'm done. I'm out. And that will be affirmed by the young folks who have watched Jungle Cruise, if you will, and whatever else. And they've gotten it from their education if things continue on. If we don't pull our kids out and homeschool them, that's the education that our kids are going to get. They're going to get a very bleak environmental alarmism, as Michael Schellenberger puts it. They're going to get a very bleak alarmist view of their prospects moving forward. Eat, drink, and be merry, for tomorrow we die will be how they spend their days until they've seen it all or seen enough. And because they don't believe that life has an intrinsic value and purpose outside of whatever they create from themselves, whatever meaning and purpose they draw out of themselves, once they don't feel like there's any more purpose to it, they'll just end it. And what's the counter argument? What's the convincing reason why they shouldn't? By contrast, let's take some of the things that Elon Musk is saying and let's take what the Bible says about children. Children are a heritage from the Lord, Psalm 127 says. Unless the Lord builds a house, its laborers labor in vain, Psalm 127 says. Children are a heritage from the Lord. Blessed is the man whose quiver is filled with them, the children of one's youth. Which means when you have children when you're young, that's actually a blessing. Like our culture, our society tries to convince us, because it's convinced, that children are not a blessing. That having children when you're young is not a blessing. And that's not true. That's just not the case. 
It's something that people try to obsessively convince themselves if they don't want to share their toys. They don't want to be bogged down. You know, there's this horrifying story that shows up right underneath the live-action video clip, 30-second clip that I played at the top of this episode on Instagram. Newborn baby found in toilet bin of Air Mauritius plane. And it's a picture of this baby. Newborn baby. And that's horrifying. But if we're all just animals and there is no meaning and purpose and there's no ultimate sovereign God and judge over the universe, who are you to say? Who are you to judge? Right? Her body, her choice. Except it isn't her body. It is not a valid choice. It is not a morally neutral choice to murder your child, to abandon your child to the elements, to abandon your child in the toilet bin of an airplane. That's not a valid choice. And that's not your body. That's your child's body. And we've been driven mad. We have lost our minds. If we shrug at that, or if we medicate ourselves and distract ourselves so that we don't have to think about how did this happen? How did this become okay? It's like pulling on a loose thread on a sweater, a knit sweater, and then he just keeps going and going and going, and pretty soon there's nothing of the sweater left. But it's not just this one little isolated thing. It's all woven throughout the way we approach family life, the way we approach our own lives, our work life, everything. We need to be thinking in decades. We need to be thinking in centuries, actually. That was the frustrating thing for me. I'm thinking as a Christian, I read the beginning of the book, Genesis, which means beginning. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. He created in six days, rested on the seventh. Why not? Change my mind. Why, why couldn't God do that? You say, well, he could have done something else. Well, yeah, but it doesn't say that he did something else. It says that he did this. It says that after he made man in his image, male and female, he looked at all that he had made and he said that, it, behold, was very good. Not just good, very good. When God, something, when, when God says that something is very good, we do well to pay attention. Well, what was he talking about? Well, he was talking about the sun, the moon, and the stars, the oceans being separated from the dry lands. He was talking about the trees and the grass and the flowering plants and the fruit trees and the fruit bushes and the birds and the animals and the fish. And yes, the creepy crawlies too. He was talking about mankind because everything before the creation of man, God just says it's good. And then... God creates his image bearers. Mankind is supposed to bear God's image, be a reflection of God. Like the moon reflects the light of the sun, we are supposed to be a reflection of God and his character and his goodness and his sovereign rule in creation. And then God says it's very good. And he tells them, be fruitful and multiply, fill the earth and subdue it. Be fruitful, that means productive, bear fruit which is a very beautiful way of talking about having children. If I had a fruit tree in my backyard, if I had a, an apple tree in my backyard that grew delicious, beautiful apples, 
Would I want it to grow one apple per season? Or would I say the more apples that thing grows, so long as it doesn't snap in two because it can't support the weight of all those apples, the better. If I get 10 bushels of apples from a tree, that's better than if I got one bushel of apples from a tree. I'll sell the rest. We'll make pies. We'll make applesauce. We'll make whatever we've got to make. We'll give some to friends and people we like. Bear fruit. Be fruitful and multiply. Multiply. Math. Two times one. Two times two. Two times three. Two times four. Any day now, and even now, my wife and I will be able to say, fully, really, truly, we've multiplied by four. That's all right. That's all right. That's a whole lot of okay. Now, we're just about to have Elon Musk beat officially, which is also cool. Not that it's a contest. Be fruitful and multiply. Fill the earth. Is the earth overpopulated? Well, I don't know. Is it full yet? No, it's not full. Go out west. A lot of these folks who think the earth is overpopulated, they live in highly populated parts of the country and the world. They live in cities where people are stacked one on top of another, on top of another, on top of another. Go out west. And oh, by the way, this climate hysteria and alarmism and anti-people movement needs to stop getting in the way of clearing out dead trees in forests so that forest fires are not so devastating. How about this? Let's clear out dead trees and let's make houses and furniture and good, like good quality furniture, not particle board furniture, but like good quality furniture. Again, let's create jobs, harvesting that lumber, turning that lumber into something you can build a house and furniture out of. Furniture that's going to last more than a couple of years, especially if we're going to have more kids. We're going to need better furniture. Tell you what, kids can be rough on furniture. But part of that is because furniture's cheap anymore. It's cheaply made. It's not well-made. You need to have good, well-made, solid, strong, heavy-duty furniture to have lots of children. The earth is overpopulated. No, it's not. Go out west. I remember getting in all kinds of trouble with a gal I worked with back in Ohio about a decade ago at this point. And she found out we had four and was giving me a lecture, giving me the business. Oh, I just don't feel like that's very responsible. I laughed. <laughs> Which I don't. She didn't appreciate that. She was not impressed. Have you ever been to Montana, Wyoming, North Dakota? Like, there's a lot of space. There's a lot of open room there. It's not very populated. Like, there's a lot of room for people still. And maybe if we spent more time acting like Norman Borlaug, less like William Vogt we would be able to make room for more people. My people, infants are their oppressors and women rule over them. Isaiah chapter 3 says, Your guides have misled you, swallowed up your paths. As for me and my house, 
We will serve the Lord. Choose this day whom you will serve. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. And I trust that there is a blessing in that. God provides, God will protect. Unless the Lord builds a house, it's laborers labor in vain. But that is to say too, if the Lord builds a house, it's built. It's established. If he establishes it, it is established indeed. So I don't put my trust in social security, either being there in 30 years, 40 years, or collapsing. And I also don't put my trust in my ability to be a good husband and a good father in and of myself or all of my children turning out to be brilliant or playing the odds like it's the lottery. We're rolling eight dices now, eight die. Have more children if you can, and maybe you can't, and that's okay. Plenty of people have underlying health conditions which don't allow them to. I do think we really need to overhaul the adoption process, make it cheaper. If anything, we shouldn't be charging tens of thousands of dollars to people who want to adopt. If anything, maybe we should be giving those people tens of thousands of dollars. How about that? How much would you spend if this child just stays in the system floating around for the rest of their childhood and grows up an orphan? Wouldn't it be better? Instead of that money circulating in a bureaucracy, if those funds went to support a mother and father who can't have children of their own but really want to raise some children, they love children, wouldn't it be better if you were helping them to adopt those children, provide for those children? I think so. I really think so. That would be an all-of-the-above approach to doing away with abortion, too. And doing away with women disposing of their newborns in toilet bins on airplanes. I think we have a choice to make. What sort of people do we want to be? What sort of a legacy do we want to have? Do we want to be ruled by fear and selfishness and short-sightedness? Or do we want to be able to look back in 30 or 40 years and smile as we rock in our rocking chair on our front porch? Hopefully we make that rocking chair out of good, high-quality lumber. Hopefully the house is made out of good-quality lumber. And we sit there and we rock in our chair and we drink our sweet tea and we smile as we watch our grandchildren maybe even great-grandchildren, play in the front yard, thanking the good Lord for how he's blessed us, for what a heritage he's provided for us. If we want that to be our retirement, we have to decide accordingly now. We get to make the decisions that lead up to that sort of outcome being possible today. By God's grace, it isn't about how many children we have or don't have, but it's important anytime you're looking at a thing and thinking it may be broken to ask yourself, do I understand the purpose of this thing? Do I understand what this is for? Do I understand what the designer, the inventor originally had in mind for it? Am I using it as intended? If creation seems broken, perhaps we do well to stop breaking it further by misusing it by using it for some other purpose than was originally intended. Perhaps we do well to stop and ask, what was God's design here? What was God's intention here? Be fruitful and multiply, fill the earth and subdue it. 
huh, be productive, have children, get to work, explore, explore the planet. That's a good thing. That's a dominion mandate fulfillment when we explore the planet. Map it, settle it, tame those rivers, climb those mountains, cultivate those fields, hike those hills, fish those streams. We are fulfilling God's creation mandate. Fill it up with children and subdue it. That means rule. Rule the planet. Not apologize to it. No. Rule the planet because you're created in God's image. Act like it. I got to leave it there, though. Speaking of work, I'm going to go to mine. As always, thank you for listening. Until next time, God bless. You've been listening to The Garrett Ashley Mullet Show on Anchor FM. For more content like what you just heard, subscribe to this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or Spotify. Also check out thegarrettashleymulletshow.com to subscribe to email alerts when new episodes are published. As always, you can reach me with any comments, questions, complaints, objections, or insights at garrettashleymullet at protonmail.com. Thank you.